0: This is Power, Power Athlete, Athlete Radio. Right, With your hosts Denny K,
1: Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some What's up, Power Athlete Nation? It's that time again. I'm here with Callie, Luke, and Steve. How's it going? What's going on, guys?
2: Hello. What's
1: happening? It's a beautiful day. I'm ready to rock and roll. Drink a ton of coffee. I'm all fired up. Um, tell me what's going on with Balboa Jack. Oh, so the Balboa Jack thing we're pushing? Yeah, yeah.
0: Balboa Jacked is for lack of a better sense, what Callie is.
2: <laughs> I'm currently flexing. <laughs> she's
0: given. She's bicepping, which is kind of like planking, owling, uh, what else was T-bowing? there? T-bowing. T-bowing, but it's bicepping. No, it's a, so Balboa Jack's kind of lifestyle that we push here at CrossFit Balboa. We have painted across <laughs> our wall. Uh, it's just a sense that like, that's what we get, people. Is Balboa jacked? That's the type of programming we put out. We want to get you bigger and stronger. We want to make you more athletic, and we just want you to be jacked. So it's just a term we throw around here. And uh, and this whole team thing that we, we signed up for a summer shakedown, which is a team series in Southern California, and is actually this weekend. Say it Thursday.
2: Say Thursday. So it's, it's in two days. Two days. Away.
0: So two days from now, there will be eight Balboans or. Or five. How many of you CrossFit football people are? Uh me, you. Yeah. Ben.
2: Three of us really. Three. Four for Count Sprague.
0: Count Sprague, sure. He's been to a start. So there's four CrossFit football coaches and four CrossFit Belboans that are going to be Legend. walking, walking across the horizon, Kung Fu style, to this team series in neon. Tops and really short shorts.
2: Dude, when I saw these <laughs> shorts, I almost lost my mind. This is a true story. They are, oh, I don't know, an inch longer than my actual butt cheek. <laughs> They're real shorts.
3: Wonderful.
2: But the uh, competition is actually Star Wars themed. Mm-hmm. And I just want to throw that out there that I think this whole thing is very. Is that what that yep. mask thing was? Yes. I didn't know You're killing me. You're <laughs> killing me. I think it's pretty serendipitous myself. I think it's a good sign.
1: So, how, yeah, so is it, how is it Star Wars themed?
2: All the workouts are, are named after kind of Star Wars phrases they have in um, all of their images online on the website. There's just like Boba Fett images and there's um, Star Destroyer images and stuff. So it's kind of cool.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So obviously you guys have seen the workouts. What do uh, what they like? Okay. So we've seen there's the format is two team workouts and one floater
0: workout, which like you sign up for and do. I don't know. I'm relatively new to this CrossFit competition space back in the day when I was good and everybody else was bad, really, or worse than I was. uh, That's when I competed. But now everyone's really good. But okay, so the floater workout, which is like uh Two minutes of something, they say. It's
2: called... It's a trap!
0: It's it's a trap. Uh, It's two minutes of something. They don't tell you, but it's some sort of two-minute AMRAP. And then after that two-minute AMRAP, you transition directly into 2 minutes AMRAP snatches.
2: Snatch for tonnage. So they're going to give you a few options for weight. And I am so excited for this one because I think we can seriously particularly like Luke and I, I think we can throw around heavy weight for two minutes. Cause that's like our wheelhouse. Um, and you know, power snatch it all day.
0: Yeah, dude. So what it's like, guys, what weight are you guys going to select? Well, it, I've been running the numbers Playtech, and you <laughs> guys, like, as I signed on, you guys were kind of talking about it. Uh, I don't know when the fall off point becomes worth the heavier weight. For example, uh, let's say you're to choose 95 to 135 pounds. That that forty pound differential, it's not worth it to go one hundred and thirty five pounds if uh, you know to equal thirty reps, you have to get twenty four reps at one thirty five. You know what I mean? Because ninety five pound snatches, muscle snatches, you can blast out thirty yeah. in two minutes, no problem. No, you can until you until you hit that sort of lactate threshold where you just yeah, can't. That's,
2: and that's a, what a point I was sort of making the Luke, and you know we just don't think <laughs> we will probably. That's going to be a huge factor in a two-minute time period. I don't think that's going to be super Depending,
0: on the, so Depending we did, on the weight. Yeah. yeah, so we did some testing yesterday. Uh, so 135, I'm able to knock out 10 reps in maybe 40, 35 seconds or 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, is that sustainable for two minutes? Probably not. <laughs> but I could. I mean, 95 pounds is just so light. It's almost
2: like yeah. light. <laughs> uh,
0: so like if the fall off then, or let's say this, the choices are 135, 165, 195. I think I'd have to go again, 135 because I'll be able to get over 20 reps and uh, at 135, but I'm not sure I'd be able to get the required 17 or 18 reps to meet that tonnage at 165. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, no, it's a game and you have to the, what's interesting about it is, um, so I play this game with some of my athletes is you have to know your body, right. And you have to have trained at various loads and various time domains to know what your fall off is. Yeah. And, and that, that's something that's hard to know, especially when there's somebody next to you, who's like pushing out, you know, a hundred reps or something. Right. I mean, right. It, in the throes of competition, you know, your plan could go to shit.
0: Sure. Absolutely. And, um, I, I feel like I'm more of a, it's not a rep thing for me. It's a time under suffering. So I am pretty good for 45 seconds at, you know, like full throttle, but that's about it. Uh, when it comes to a lot of the compound movements. So I really got to scale back the pace if I want to last. And again, there's like the, there's the break even point. Maybe I can get 10 reps in 30 seconds, or I could get 15 reps in 90 seconds. What's actually going to be better for me. But uh so I'm having a hard time with kind of pacing and partitioning because I don't do that. Like the, I have one speed and it's go uh and Callie's right. been on me about like pulling back the range. You got to you know your go has to be the last leg, it can't be the first leg. And uh so it's it'll be interesting to see what the weights are. And again what we have on our side I well, clearly his strength. I mean one of our other athletes who's he's not uh he's more of an only guy but the dude's super strong with his Olympic lifts. He's just a super strong guy, big upper body. Um, not like in a bad way, smaller, lower body, but it doesn't that his legs are small enough where they don't really limit his body weight stuff where like me, I just, my legs are too big and my upper body is not strong enough to, to whip around 220 pounds. So, but the, it'll be interesting. So that, that first one that floater wad is that AMRAP of something, which is probably going to be some sort of shoulder torture, and then you got to do snatches muscle ups yeah right and then uh so that muscle
3: snatches become uh uh exponentially more difficult because you have to use your hips instead of the pull right
0: yeah yeah so that's what that's what i would do and then the second workout they announced is uh is a team format um so it's teams of four two male two female and it's this absurd amount of reps in 14 minutes now whether how far you get i don't know whether you'll get in but you have to do this buy-in portion so the first buy-in is uh, a male and a female each get on a fat bar thruster <laughs> the female weights 95 pounds the male weights 135 pounds all right so the first thing you got to do everybody needs to do 10 thrusters
2: synchronized
0: but two, there's only two bars so two athletes go at one time and they have to be synchronized reps
1: After the the CrossFit, uh, the CrossFit games.
2: Right. Team like a team thing.
0: Yeah. So then the next two athletes come up, they each get on their respective bar. Then they get their 10 synchronized reps. And then after that, it's toes to bar. You got to get 20 of them. One athlete's going to be hanging on the bar while the other one gets their 20 and then vice versa. And then 50 double unders that's your buy-in. And then from there, it's just an ascending ladder of that pattern at 25 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70. Uh, And it ends at 70, but it's a 14 minute time cap. So
1: I like the fat bar thrusters, man.
2: Um, They feel great, actually.
1: You know, I I don't get enough uh, work in with like fat bars. And we just hired a a trainer just to uh, get a couple classes in. And he's training for like a national level strongman competition out. Uh, he's training at in Crystal Lake, Illinois. But he came in and he brought in like a, a makeshift fat bar. It, it weighed like five kilos, but yeah. it, it was enough. I mean, it didn't. There was the oscillation because we we were power cleaning with it, and I can't even. What a difference it is because I can't get my I can't hook grip it. Oh yeah. So, no way. And what it looks like is you kind of power clean it to the top of your belly and, and roll it. And it's just this God awful looking thing, but yeah. Uh, the continental clean. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> it was horrible. But I mean that, you know, that's kind of like their thing. That's the mechanics and like the strongman lifts, but we did, uh, we power clean it and then we were just doing like push presses with it. And uh, I like it. I like it. It's like a different stimulus for sure. But
2: Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to, pull a fat bar. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to press it. I, I would for sure rather do press. thrusters and presses with then, a fat bar yeah. all day than power cleans.
1: So yeah. uh, the, the power clean was just horrible but, it, it, you know, like I said, it was a different uh, dynamic, a different pull. <laughs> sure. So what do, what do
0: you guys think of those weights? I mean uh, that's what we struggle with. Some of our girls I mean, I think our girls tip the scales at 120 and 130 on one team and then... Uh, another probably 130 pound girl, and then Callie weighs like
2: 210.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Callie's just a, Callie's a featherweight too, but she's a strong chick. <laughs> so 95 pounds for Callie is no problem. But these other girls are gonna be struggling with this 95 pounds. Whereas dudes, I feel like 135 is a standard now. Yeah, one thing Yeah.
3: rusters for 10 reps.
0: Yeah. So, and then I guess the caveat here is two, two people have to always be on the bar. In order for one individual, after you do your buy-in, in order for one individual to be doing their thrusters, the other one has to be locked out overhead with their weight.
2: That's a game changer.
0: That's huge. That's game changer. Yeah, so... Uh, Especially if the
3: weights are challenging. Um,
2: same thing on the toes bar. You have to have one person <laughs> hanging from the pull-up structure while the other person is doing their toes bar. So, and, you know, I think it's one of those things where like, we can go through the movements. And this has always been sort of my approach to these team things. We can go through the movements, have like a pretty decent game plan, but you know, it's all going to come down to the intensity, like of the competition, how much you can really take at that given time. You know, you might surprise yourself that you can, you know, do more reps than you thought you could, or you might just realize that your grip is terrible and you know, you can't hang on to the bar while your partner does their toasted bar. So it's kind of like, well, I guess we'll figure it out, you know?
1: Well, you guys are all about like testing things, haven't you? Got the team together and just kind of tried out these workouts and see where, you know, what what's going on, how you're going to hang, especially with the lighter body weight women, because because 95 pounds is, you know, if they're 100 and something, that's almost like doing body weight thrusters for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um. So we the the two weeks prior to this, we programs a lot of thruster work. And where we tested one RM, we tested max reps at one RM or 70 or 80% of one RM. Then we did a kind of like a, a volume, a couple volume thruster days, which was a lot for people. And, uh, but it did provide a baseline and we had that metric. And what I, I had them last, I had the girls in last night and they were playing around with it and they feel pretty good about it. They really like pushing against the fat bar. They think it's actually like Callie said, they think it's easier to push. Uh, they get more contact on their shoulders. They get better transference of power through their hips. And, uh, so they're able, they're able to move the weight around. And, uh, the big thing I'm, you know, I'm hung up on is I see for I'm on the team with, with two beginner girls and, uh, and another guy who's really never done a CrossFit competition. And I myself been to maybe two or three or participated <laughs> in um, uh, all I want to do is like the reps are the variables. How many reps you're going to accomplish are the variables. And that's good. Like you can't, you can, no way you could be like, all right, we're going to do five reps every round for the whole workout. Like that's just not going to happen or toes the to bar. Like Callie said, if your grip falls out, your grip falls out, you got to move on. And we need another person up there. I want to see like flawless transitions. That's what we were working on last night is okay. Have a word, have a cue for when you're getting off the bar. So the other person knows to jump right back on. And uh, there's no messing around or running into each other. Like that's what I want to want our team to really focus on, because uh, they feel lost out there. That was what I was talking to them. They're like, well, how do we know what to do and when to do it? I'm like, well, just listen to me. They're like, oh, I, but I don't even know what to expect. So we kind of did some walkthrough stuff last night, and they both really liked it. So
2: it's pretty much like what you would imagine from an athlete who's never done a cross competition. I mean, there's so many factors going into it. I I try to tell them just not to put too much pressure on themselves because it's really like it's not going to be that different than any other workout you've done, except there's just more people there and there's a little bit more on the line.
0: Yeah. So doing the reps is automatic, you know, and they're not going to know that until they're actually, you know, in the midst of 40 other athletes doing thrusters, but they've been doing thrusters for like three years now. You can do the thrusters, you know, it's, uh, it's about being comfortable and especially not like Kelly said, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to miss reps. You're going to get no reps. Uh, You're probably going to drop the bar, like stuff like that's going to happen and realize that no one cares. So you shouldn't care. You just got to get back on the bar as fast as you can. So I'm excited. They're super excited. I never thought that I'd say I was a CrossFitter, but I'm a CrossFitter and I'm going to win this trophy. So so this is a question I have
3: for you. What is on the line and um, what has made you guys um, start doing CrossFit competitions? Callie peer pressured us. (laughs) Oh, Callie, you're a CrossFitter? Oh yeah, 100%.
2: (laughs) No, I'm crossing football first. And then, uh, I, you know, I just wanted to have something that would build a little bit of solidarity here and kind of get people to uh, to put their talent on the line. I mean, there's so much shit-talking that happens in the gym, much like any other gym. And so I just figured, why not create a couple teams and hopefully drive that sort of um, spirit, I guess you could say, and camaraderie within our own gym. And I really think it has. Yeah, for sure. For this point. And, like, you know, I just think to have a goal and to have an end date and a testing date, so to speak, or a game day, it really does, uh, you learn a lot about yourself um, in your training and then you learn a ton about what you're capable of doing at these competitions, as you guys know, because you've done powerlifting and Olympic competitions. You really learn a lot about how to maintain like, you know, um, a good performance under nerves and under the stress of uh, competition or fatigue or whatever. Well, and, and what we found, we, uh, we just had a
3: team of all members compete in this local competitions called box wars. And, um, our team of members competed against a team of all coaches, two of which went to regionals from another gym, which wasn't great. But what it's done is it sparked their, their internal question of what am I training for? Exactly. Right? So yep. here's a bunch of six people who've never been to a CrossFit competition all their coaches are yelling at them, cheering them on, telling them what you tell them. Don't don't put too much pressure on yourself. You know, know your limits, just do your best, come back to the gym, and they are fired up for the next yeah. competition, right? They now they've got something to train for.
0: It was and it all, it all came down to, to we 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 as coaches needed a change of stimulus. Like yeah. what should our next program be? And <laughs> for the first six months of the year, we may be conditioned equivalent to the first week of this cycle. Like, there was barely yeah. any conditioning. It was mostly strength training, which was fine. Like, that's what we were training for at the time. Callie needed to go through her Bulgarian phase. Uh, we did some Olympic lifting cycles and then. Uh, fours. And then we did the fours and then we did uh, some crossing football stuff for like as a stopgap. And then we turned it into conditioning. And. yeah.
2: Luke and I were talking about it today and we were just like, man, we approached this at the right time Mm -hmm. and with the right intensity, because we knew that we were strong enough to do pretty much like any of these CrossFit competitions, but were we conditioned enough? And when we implemented the conditioning and the way we programmed about, you know, eight to 12 weeks out for this, uh, was super effective. I can't imagine us ha- having done, you know, much different programming and much different, like, skill implementation. Mm-hmm. So we feel pretty prepared.
0: And then on the business side of it, I mean, it was also timed conveniently where we had an influx of new members and it's it has built camaraderie. People have noticed the quote-unquote competition team. It's stirring up interest. The, the, the athletes who are on the team who it's their first competition uh, it's pretty much just the, the three girls who is their first competition. Like, I've never seen such vigor in their training as well. Like, they're really passionate about it. And then that's going to be contagious, you know. And then
2: it's pretty good timing because our Power Athlete Team Series is coming to exactly. Southern California at the end of the month. And so I knew if we could get show people that, you know, pretty much anyone has the ability to compete. And uh, what better opportunity than to kind of come and watch us? And then a month later, have the opportunity to put your team of four people together and you know, that Southern California one is in Monrovia. It's not super far from us. And so um, we hope to get a bunch of Balboa jacked folks out there for that.
0: Nice. So it's just kind of yeah. perfect timing for everything. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, what's on the line? What happens if you guys win? I'll be honest with you. I have no clue.
2: No clue. Awesome. Let's look it up
0: now. All I know what we're campaigning for is clearly the best team name because who, like, who does not want to be Balboa Jack? Be honest. No one. True, that's yeah. who. So that's why we've been campaigning for that. We're going to get a podium spot one way or the other, dudes. Literally, there's no prize. <laughs> I don't think there's any
1: prize.
2: But I have so much <laughs> Star Wars stuff that I'm going to bring.
1: Uh, I guess it's pride. Pride's on the line. Pride's always on the line, right? It's always
3: on the
0: line. And, oh, So here's an interesting caveat, too. Uh, you guys, Do you guys have your own jump ropes? For double under workout. Yes. yes. So yeah. they're they're sizing each athlete to get a um, what's its company called?
2: Um, RX RX jump ropes. RX, RX jump ropes.
0: ropes rope or something. So you can't bring your own rope. You have to use the the standardized competition rope.
1: Ooh. Well, what the fuck, man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just changes everything.
2: It's like you're inside my head, Demi. <laughs> that's
1: uh, real. The exactly. balls of these people to make you use their fucking jump ropes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then I and then I went through. So I went through denial and and anger, and then I went through the all right, fuck them. Any jump, yeah. give me a fucking battle rope, and I'll do double unders with that. That's and, what
1: I'm talking about. That's, that's when I, I, I picture what I Balboa you. Jack. I picture Callie. Double undering with battle ropes. <laughs> Callie uses the battle ropes, and I use chains. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Who coined the term Balboa Jack?
2: That's a good question. It was here before I was here, I didn't which know. seems impossible because I'm i really going to go out on a limb
0: and say I did. How's that? Okay. I'm the founder and creator. If somebody else did, let me know, and I'll give you credit. But for now, mm-hmm. it's me. No, I think it's a. Uh, it's just kind of like. Probably Ben. It, it had to have been Ben, but it was just kind of like people have been saying it in passing and then we're like, why don't we jump onto this thing and make it the identity of the gym? And that's what we've done. You know, all of our gears tagged with Balboa Jack.
2: We have, um, um, yeah. When, when we have people scale up for workouts, it's the Balboa Jack challenge. And so, you know, it's kind of like, it's in everything.
1: That's cool. I think that kind of gives like the listeners, um, some insight of, of how CrossFit Balboa, like how the environment is there, how the atmosphere is. Cause, I'm sure, like in my mind, you know, it's the mecca of CrossFit football. John's there. He owns it. You guys are there. You're kicking ass. Um, it's like what what we were talking about, Callie. It's like a lab, right?
2: Definitely. Definitely. There's a, in terms of us for the coaches, um, myself, <clears throat> Luke, Ben, Chelsea, Spray, we, we are constantly doing experiments with our training and hopes to transfer that to our, our athletes as well. So mm-hmm.
0: it's uh like in, in peak hours or 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m., 6 a.m. It's a CrossFit gym. But what our client like they they do, The interesting thing about CrossFit is people really hop around to gyms and like it's like they marry their first girlfriend. So their interpretation of what, quote unquote, CrossFit in, is, as we know, as more experienced, uh, I guess, being more experienced in the industry is like you don't <laughs> Each CrossFit is a reflection of its ownership and management, right? So you don't get the, the Starbucks model where a latte is a latte wherever you go. And mm-hmm. for the majority of people who walk into our gym, their interpretation of what CrossFit is, is the CrossFit football methodology and mentality, which is, you know, it's until recently, we haven't really pushed time as a factor, but we pick workouts where we want people to go. And then we pick workouts that are training workouts where, hey, it's about better. It's about getting better movement. It's about getting stronger. Uh, We do our warm-up sequences that we cover at the certs. Our members are exposed to all those sequences on a day-to-day basis.
2: And the funny thing is they don't even know that they are. I think that's the interesting part about the training is even though we're working with general pop, like people who follow CrossFit football or who have been to a seminar will certainly see that uh, infusion of what we do with our general pop. But the general pop here, if they're just coming in and they don't have a lot of CrossFit experience you know, they, they don't even know, they just do whatever we tell them to do, which essentially is we're, we're creating better athletes. We're increasing their athletic performance, whether they want it or not. So it's kind of, it's kind of neat in that way.
1: That's awesome. All right. uh, Let's change gears here. Um, Tuesday of this week on the CrossFit football website, you put out there, how important is the ability to change directions? Nice picture of Stacey Tovar. Um, there was really some interesting responses. Uh, the most was probably dude bros comments. I mean, the guy's a state champion shuffleboard player. <laughs> <laughs> so his opinion, you know, really mattered in that conversation. But um, I was curious just to know why put that on the, um, why put that on the website on that particular day. Is that something that you, you know, or the coaches there or John just been feeling like people aren't, aren't catching the concept of how important change of direction is, or were you just trying to stir up some conversation.
0: Just, I mean, candidly, just trying to stir up some conversation, yeah. but uh, you know what, when you look at that and it, it really was just, I think was stirred up by a conversation that John and I were having and just kind of reflecting on, on CrossFit games and change the direction and where the sport's going. And, and that, that zigzag drill, you know, and, and you get, a, I mean, that's such a cool picture. You come across it. Why not see if people get it? Like we always, everything, everything you see in all the responses, it's like a test, you know uh, what we, and it's a, also an opportunity for people who've been to the seminar to shed the light, you know, shed some light on the subject and, and put their knowledge and expertise out there on the comments. So you, it, it was cool to read the the responses you know and then people people having you know seeing the what are you training for theme pop up in in so many different words you know
1: yeah you can kind of get a feel like it's catching on mm-hmm. you know like you're educating the masses the followers right They're and starting to get it
0: and uh, I can't recall but I don't think there's too many misguided souls on there all the responses seem to be if if you applied the correct context all the pl- responses of, we're right on, you know? Yeah. But it's going back to our, our, our gym here. Very few people are in here other than to look good and look fit. And what we know is form follows function. And what our people don't even know at Belba is we implement change of direction and movement through space. And they have no clue. Like Callie said, they just kind of mm-hmm. show up and sweat. And uh, and it works. It gets them the results that they want. And we think it's an important component to, to any general approach to fitness or athleticism. You're going to have to know how to accelerate and change direction.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, on a on a more uh, competition level. I mean, on the field or even under the barbell, I mean, there's a huge change of direction in the Olympic lifts where you got a big pull and then a fast retreat under the bar. So it's, it's, uh, all aspects of athleticism in basically any directional plane that you can think of
0: on a, in a, in a more, in a micro sense. Yes. But when we like generically, when we talk about change direction, we're talking about running. Yeah. Right. So your ability to be traversing a field, a court, in one direction on one vector along one vector and go in the opposite direction as quickly as possible and efficiently as possible without a getting hurt and B uh, compromising inefficiency and, and, you know, getting beat essentially Right. Depending on what sport you're playing. So, and for the listeners at home, we just got a, a message that the power is out at Denny's block. Like his whole city block is out of power. So he's off the show. He got voted off the island.
3: Tribal council has voted him out.
0: Yeah. But uh, so where are we at? Where are we at in the show timeline? Usually it keeps us grounded. I think we're we're at the uh, power athlete
3: submission. So, um, Brian Stites. Asks, I'm coaching several football prospects. What's the utility of pull-ups for a football player? With regard to that, is there a significant benefit to different grip widths, orientations, and implementation of butterfly-slash-kipping-slash-chest-to-bar? I tend to teach a real gymnastic style and narrowish grip for wads, all kinds of grip and training to increase variance, but I'd love some additional insight.
0: Thanks. Um,
2: Where's the horse?
0: If we were videotaping, you'd see how visually frustrated (laughs) I am.
2: Where's the horse we can beat?
0: (laughs) All right. So application, application, application. Uh, Brian's Brian's clearly an individual whose first exposure to strength and conditioning was CrossFit. The only, the looking at a a pull-up and thinking it's a conditioning tool is so (laughs) closed-minded. It makes me want to rip my awesome hair out. (laughs) Really? You don't think it's awesome? (laughs) Nobody's laughing at me. But like, think about that. Denny would think it's awesome because <laughs> Denny's Denny's a legit bro. You're a legit bro too, <laughs> Steve. Callie, not so bro. <laughs> Stay with that. But okay, so think about that. Let's. I, I'm just going to say it again. The you don't have to use pull ups for conditioning. Okay, and think. And what Brian has to realize is it. If this, if again, this was his entry uh, to strength and conditioning is CrossFit. A lot of the things that he's learned are movements being utilized for conditioning tools. Yeah. If you're coaching football prospects, you do not necessarily need to get them into shape unless that is their significant limiting factor. Odds are just by being an athlete and being a football prospect, they have a a very sound level of GPP and you just need to maintain that. And that's really easy. So to be very direct about pull-ups, your pull up should be done with a retracted depressed shoulder girdle And they should be executed as quickly and as powerfully as you can without kipping. Uh, So that's strict pull-ups. And what we use the pull-up for is to strengthen the upper back, uh, mainly to enable you to squat more, which will enable you to maintain uh, maintain posture under a heavy load and be very powerful, which will translate to on-field performance. Everything for us is about performing on-field. I don't care about your conditioning, so to speak it's about posture and position and enabling you to move as much weight as possible as quickly as possible.
3: I don't really think I can add anything to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't see any reason why a football player should be kipping necessarily unless it's like you said, uh, inexperience or some kind of conditioning. I can't think of, the utility of conditioning for butterfly pull-ups,
0: that would be an application to the field of play in football. Mm-hmm. They should be going full range of motion, strict. Uh, that range of motion is going to be contingent. I mean, ideally chest to bar, uh, very ballistic. Uh, ballistic pull-ups, man, what was that? Like 10 weeks ago or 15 weeks ago, we programmed that. Yeah, uh, we, we talked about it on the podcast that really all your pull-ups should be done ballistically yeah the priority is going to be position so we want neutral shoulder girdle retracted depressed shoulder girdle and you should be pulling up towards the bar as fast as you can through as much range of motion as you have so if that's just a bar that's fine but uh you don't necessarily have to use the pull-up as a conditioning tool now it's 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 an effective conditioning tool right and you can use it that way and we do it on crossfitfootball.com all the time uh but there's other ways to condition football prospects as well that don't have to be high rep pull pull-ups. Uh, so I th- did I answer this question? What kinds of grips and training and increase variance?
3: For- yeah. I mean, I guess the, the general question is what's the utility of pull-ups for a football player. And I think you answered that when you spoke about, um, strengthening the upper back for, uh, maintaining posture under load, increasing things like the squat, which is going to
0: ultimately transfer to, uh, I think the field of play. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's that's our that's our mindset. Kelly, am I missing anything on that?
2: Um, I mean, I would just talk about if you want to talk about how we use the variance of chin up. Okay. If we alternate that. Manner. Yeah. So
0: in terms of grip, absolutely, we like the variance in grip. But think about the, the compound joint stemming from the shoulder. The shoulder position should always remain retracted, depressed, and neutral. We don't want to see that elevated, protracted position that you tend to see out of people doing pull-ups. Your shoulders remain static. But you can do your double overhand uh, double overhand grip width can vary. Uh, we can we do a single supinated grip or a single fish hook which is like right hand underhand left hand overhand and then vary it both grips left hand underhand right hand overhand or you have the double fish hook which is your basically like your chin up grip but wow. the commonality there is shoulder girdle position. Right, you're going to get a dip, slightly different stimulus on that vertical pull with each of those grips, and I think all of them are worth throwing into your to your vertical pull training. Um, but in terms of kipping and generating force using the hips with a kip for a football player, again, I'm 100%. I have blinders on for a football player. I think your best bet would be to generate that vertical momentum or that force with a very strong and violent vertical pull.
3: I couldn't agree more.
0: Um,
3: yeah, and no hip movement, or l- as little as possible. Yeah,
0: yeah, and if it turns into a little bit of kipping, whatever, but like uh, you shouldn't rely on it to generate momentum, or speed, or velocity on that vertical pull. So, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I hope I didn't bash Brian too hard in the beginning, but uh, we we just went up in Nebraska. We had this whole big breakout on application of movement, and there is one kid at this seminar who got it. His name was Steve. He was 18 years old. He's been playing football his whole life. His dad is the football coach. Uh, learned everything he knew about movement and training from his dad. And had never really done a CrossFit workout or been in a CrossFit gym. And as part of the seminar, we have we have these athletes <coughs> program. And they present the programming at the end. We select two or three people to put it up on the board. And uh, he didn't... Everybody used squatting a squatting variation of the movement like a squatting and vertical pull as a conditioning tool and we even made this we brought this to the point about all the attendees is everybody used those two movement patterns as a primarily as their conditioning tools and we just say hey you got to progress the strength portion and this conditioning portion and people use what they know right which is crossfit which is fine and a super effective conditioning tool on multiple levels and we're, we're absolute advocates of it but it's how you apply it right well, anyways, this kid Steve didn't have one crossfit workout. All of his, all of his conditioning was running, uh, ladder drills, shuttle drills, over speed training, and under speed training. That was it. And then he had like tire flips. He had some like tire flips and stuff like that. Sledgehammer work because that's what he, that's what he knows. That's what he's been exposed to. And without a doubt, everybody passed along the most accolades to his programming. And, uh, it was very enlightening for people to realize like, oh my gosh, this is a completely suitable conditioning approach. It doesn't have to be 2115 nines. It doesn't have to be Helen's. It doesn't have to be Murph's. Uh, so it it was just, you know, pretty cool story from the, from our last seminar. And it's cool to see a kid who's 18 years old, you know, already taking an interest in this. And it was very selfish on admittedly on his front, he wants to play college football. And, uh, his old man said. You know, I've heard that these guys know their stuff. So go check it out and uh, let's see if we can implement it for them. So it's nice. just, just a cool little story on that front. And not, not that I'm – and I want to be clear too, I'm not bashing CrossFit either because we, we do it at our gym. We embrace it. We use it as a tool. But if you're talking about optimal, it's going to be on an athlete-by-athlete athlete basis. And, uh, and how much time do you have? You just got to remember when you're training sports-specific athletes – The application of movements, the application of lifts, the application of time domains in your workouts should replicate the demands, the very specific demands of that athlete. And uh, one thing that CrossFit has neglected in the past, but I've said over and over again, has introduced in this CrossFit Games is running through space and change of direction, which also we talked about earlier, but that's got to be in a football player's conditioning protocol as well.
3: Absolutely. So, I mean, it goes back to the idea of, right, what are you training for? Which is what we always say. So, cool. I think that's all we have. Are there any, like, closing thoughts from you guys? Dude, wish me luck on this CrossFit competition. Oh my God. Yeah. Somebody needs to be taking, like, some pictures or video or something. Oh, I um, I can't it. wait to hear how you guys do and um, what your experience is like.
2: I'm excited just to have some Gatorade afterwards.
3: No Gatorade.
0: No carbs. <laughs> I haven't had a carb in three years. God. Donut.
2: 2004.
0: Callie Donut hinsman as we call her. <laughs> Turns out Callie's weakness is little miniature donuts.
2: But nice. they barely count; they're so small. <laughs> <laughs>
3: nice. But yeah, I guess but... on your 210 pound frame, they mean
0: nothing, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Give or take five pounds. <laughs> I'm not 210.
0: <laughs> but uh, I, we'll probably strap up. Do you have a GoPro, Steve, or have you played with one of these things? No, I've never played with one, but I need to get one. So GoPro sponsored the team series, which has turned out to be like a completely enlightening experience for me having this little thing. It is so conveniently compact and takes such good quality videos like they're my new favorite thing. Uh, So we're we should we're definitely going to bring them to the competition, whether or not I strap one on my person. I'll have to determine what the workout is. I'll
2: do it. I don't you think, it. think so. Yeah. Okay. And you'll
0: get some first person, you know what you'll see if you, if I strap one on Steve, cause like you put it on like your chest or on your head and it uh-huh. kind of gives you that perspective. You're going to see at least 10 minutes of hands on knees <laughs> keeled over and maybe some, some drool and puke. Like that's what you'll see <laughs> on like the loot cam and out of Callie's cam. You're just going to see clapping reps thrusters snatches <laughs> clapping everyone's gonna be smiling and then you're gonna see like her turn and pan across me with my hands on my knees <laughs> like oh my god nice but well, uh, that would be oh, worse. and i'm excited to check in with you and t- you know tell everybody how it went and we'll be sure to have some sort of
2: well, a success story yeah but all right yeah. man i'm not gonna
0: keep you any longer i gotta i gotta get pop out and get some work around in it myself here so yeah all right sounds good well i'll talk to you guys next week
2: Okay, bye, Steve.
0: See you, Steve. See you, Callie.